Hey everyone, welcome to the first episode for this week. This is episode 4 of Real Talk. Today I spoke to Harry Patel, an aerospace engineer who is passionate about astronomy and social sciences. Harry and I both work in the aerospace industry and although we communicate frequently via email, this is the first time we have actually spoken to each other. Our conversation went deeper than I originally anticipated in the best way possible. So please make sure you listen to the end, and if you enjoyed discussions about humanity, um, objectivity, and a little bit of governance, trust me, this is the episode for you. Without further ado, here is Harry Patel. Hey Harry, how are you? Good, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How is how is your quarantine going so far? So far, it's okay. Like we keep working, as you know, so it's not too bad. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, you guys, you guys were closed until what today, right? I think. Or no, they closed. Originally, they wanted to close for three days, but they cleaned up, like did sanitation and all in like a day. But now, yeah. as you go in, they take your temperature, and you have to wear like mask and everything all the time yeah they're not gonna shut down for too long it's not it's not very uh that's not like our company no yeah it's not it's not pcc no it's not pcc no um yeah sorry i was saying like it was actually like like sudden surprise when they just came in and said like you are all gonna go home because they found a case wow yeah pcc usually doesn't do that they try to work around uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's okay. Well, uh, Harry, you are a methods engineer at an aerospace yeah. company. You have a master's degree in aerospace, aeronautical, astronautical yeah. engineering from Ryerson. Yeah. Um, you have a bachelor's from aeronautical engineering from University of yeah. Brighton. Yeah. So most people struggle with you know, getting one degree. You have three masters almost, you can say. So you're making the rest of Patel's look bad. No, no, no. It's not that. It's just like I was interested in like studying. I was actually not a very good uh, high school student. And I think it was more because like how the education system works in general. Like I grew up in India for like until age 16. And then I moved Mm -hmm. to Canada with my parents. So I did like studying in India and here. And like the education system is more in terms of you learning, not actually like learning how it's going to apply in real life. You just want to learn and get over with it. Is that in India or is that here? I found it in India more so because yeah. you just learn to pass a grade. That's it, right? And yes, that's it. That's your whole purpose. Like you pass Memorization, basically. Yeah. Yes, it's all about memorization. It's not learning the concept. And as I went into university, you found like you are on your own. Like studying in India, you have like a lot of tuition classes, which is not like something here I see often, but mm-hmm. over there you have tuition classes for like every single subject. So you go Basically, into school, yeah. you go to like tuition and you just repeating the same thing over and over again without actually understanding what the thing is about. So yeah. that was the main difference. Do you think like schools and colleges, uh, they do a better job on like explaining the why um, here? compared to India? Oh yeah, definitely. Like what I found was uh, 
there is not more of a conversation between the student and a teacher in like let's say india for example here like here i can go and approach a professor or i can approach a grad student yeah. to clear my concept or to know more about it compared to india where you are taught in like a certain hour and then it's your own responsibility to study it or if you have any question you go to your tuition class and solve it out instead of the teacher who is actually introducing the concept right right okay yeah i actually i remember going to tuitions i came here when i was 10 or 11 years old so i remember like little when i was little i used to yeah. go to tuition classes nothing like that here i know some people you know some people do it here as well but not as widespread uh, not as popular as you know um how it was in india in fact yeah. one of my friends who who was on the show um episode 2 shiv patel he said the same thing he went to india to study physiotherapy um he said that you know in india all i learned was how to memorize and everyone's passing just just based on memorization no one's like learning exactly. the practicality um but do you like what you learned like or do you, do you like what you did cuz you did masters in it so obviously yeah like to be honest i find like so i did i did my undergrad in uk and i did my grad at rajasthan here and when i compare both the experiences i think i learned more in my undergrad than grad because okay. undergrad you are just introduced to this university concept of you yeah. think one class a day not like high school when you have the same class every single yeah, day every single day you are on your own pretty much you have to solve your own concept you have to reach out to like your peers or your professor to study it in terms of grad i think it's more like focus based so like i studied more in structural designing courses and i did some mechanical engineering courses as well so it's more like focus based whereas in like in undergrad i was more like uh, prone to go in different different courses and trying to get different ideas from different people yeah and uh, so so like you're you're doing what you learned in school now right you're a methods engineer do you yeah. so what is it like describe your job to us like what do you do monday to friday every day other than replying to my emails <laughs> <laughs> so the basic basic day is basically you go in there like as you know like pcc what we work at one and woodbridge is like a machining based company so we don't have any design except what we internally design for fixturing and all so ma- majority of time goes in like problem solving if there is certain part that is getting machined if there is any issue with it you go on the machine on the floor talk to the operators figure out what is the problem do root cause work with the quality as well to figure mm-hmm. out like has this been occurred in the past or is this a new thing we are seeing in the system we don't have a lot of spc in our business as in aerospace in general which right. we are trying to implement overall to see like how is the statistics of whatever we are manufacturing going on like are we seeing a lot of defects because we do like compared to automotive for example i have a lot of friends in automotive and when they move over to aerospace they they say like the first thing we don't have is we don't have proper like data to match up what they have in automotive like automotive they made millions of parts compared to us yeah so for yeah. us like to better understand our process we start new projects so for me like my day to day job is just going in there figuring out like any issues going on with the parts 
try to if there is any new parts coming in obviously we have to start developing it working with the suppliers and working it with internally to solve the issue yeah well, that sounds uh what do you do you like it does that is that I exciting like it. yeah it's it's exciting at times it's overwhelming when it comes from all direction but the one thing i enjoy like i work with pcc now for like six years is my sixth year and yes. i moved up from like receiving inspector to quality engineer wow. to like methods engineer i was also a compliance manager so i wow. used to i used to do uh, deal with like import export trade compliance for like okay. uh, like one plan so I, in there i learned a lot about like how what are the export and import controls like it's it's not something like if a part we ship to the other side like for example us it just goes there are a lot more like controls on it like proper Control documentation <laughs> yeah goods. we yeah. even had an encounter where we found out that some of the parts we were shipping were not actually classified properly and got stuck at customs so working yeah. with the like the export controls so it's kind of really good experience for me like learning from like job compared to like what i learned in university is like probably like only 5% that moved over from my academic side to the physical like professional side only 5% yeah usually that's what it is right not everything but yeah yeah it's basically like engineering reading a drawing and like operating a software that's about it you can move over other than that it's yeah. like learning on the job itself wow okay so like so you're in this field you said this is your sixth year right yeah so uh you're very familiar with like the aerospace industry and you know what's happening um you know a little bit of history about it what do you think are like some of the exciting things that we are going to start seeing um and like the you know like what do we what do we have to look forward to in the upcoming what do you think i think to be honest i was re- i was actually listening to a, a podcast not few like few months ago not too far uh, i was saying basically that the next 10 years from 2020 to 2030 is going to be a huge uh, almost like an arms race in space exploration because you have tesla spacex you have space racing by amazon you have virgin galactic virgin yeah. galactic all trying to go into this into space and like probably like moon or mars set up a base and that is like the exciting thing to look forward to especially for me like i like like i like astronomy physics astrophysics so for me it's really exciting with the current climate right now i don't know how, i don't know how it's going to impact because all i see is like com- like the air travel is completely shut it's like yeah. 90% of all the planes everywhere around the ground. just grounded yeah mm-hmm. and it's going to be it's two ways uh, to think about it either people will just get bored of quarantine and say i need to go fly and fly for like mm-hmm. next one or two years or yeah. people will be too like scared or you know like just being on the cautious side of not going any unknown places that they don't know knowing like human kind i think is going to be the latter where people like just stay put more cautious like, conservative yeah yeah at least for a few years to see like what's going on and that's going to be really bad for aerospace industry because you won't see the innovation already like boeing and other major suppliers are like closing down like like programs or like reducing the workforce so yeah. it's a it's a challenging times for aerospace industry for sure oh yeah and um you said that you really like astronomy and yeah. these are the things that 
um, you know, we have to look forward to. But also astronomy, we've spoken in the past, I think just briefly, you said that, you know, how astronomy has helped a lot for humanity yeah. today. Yeah. So like what are, like I was reading into some of them, some of the little things. So I don't know if you know what like charge, charge coupled device, I think it was something like that, like we use in phone. Um, but like, what do you think are some of these, you know, concepts that were originally, you know, or like concepts and instruments that were originally designed for either astronomy purposes or, you know, military, a lot of them are military purposes as well. Yeah. So what do you think, you know, how is that affecting or, you know, our, our day-to-day life? Or how has it helped us today? I think the first example is, for example, like a telescope, right? So back in yeah. the day when, like in 1500s, when Galileo was actually going to the, like, Pope, as in the government back then to get funding, the main thing he proposed is, like, I have this equipment that I can make that mm-hmm. can see the ships far away from in the ocean. So if anybody's coming to attack Rome, you can see it. They got, he got the money and, like, he got whatever he needed, the equipment, the personnel, and he made the telescope. With which now he discovered planets. He discovered how the Earth revolves around the Sun and not the other way around, and how like our our place in universe probably started more in terms of looking in the in the sky using a telescope, for example. Even uh, now, if you see uh, like all this innovation going in Tesla, like they are trying to go to Mars, like they are that. Whatever NASA did in the past, I would say 50 years, Tesla is trying to do it in the next 10 years or 20 years to go yeah. go beyond where like people can imagine. Like going on the moon, for example, like all the computer, all the technology that was used, those technology are now in our iPhones. So yeah. that's, to be honest, crazy to crazy. think like how can our phone, whatever we have here, the interface can take you to the moon. But that's what... Right. That's what I think astrophysics, engineering, they do. They, they make us think like, what is the next step in our evolution? It's not like it's yeah. just staying put at, at, one, at one place. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah, that's, that's really interesting, man. And like you said, like, you know, humans or like humanity, you can say we've always like looked up in the sky and just, we were always curious and, you know, we've all, it's just in our nature to like always wonder like, what is out there? Where did we come from? What is this? What is the sky? Like all these questions. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and, and a lot of these, like a lot of this has also made advancements, I would say in like medical field too, like you said, iPhones. And I know yeah. a lot of, a lot of these technologies, a lot of this engineering is also, uh, you know, in MRI machines and CAT scans, like, yeah. and yeah, it's really, it's really crazy to think about. Yeah, of course. Like, uh, it was just, I think the past, uh, like a past week, a week ago or two weeks ago, there was the anniversary of the Apollo 13th mission, which failed in the space and came back. And yeah. there was, if, I don't know if you have seen the movie with Tom Hanks, it was actually uh-huh. a real, like real life depiction of how, people that were in space had a rupture in their oxygen tank. Yeah. Figure out in space with engineers in NASA sitting on Earth to make sure they come back home. So I think that's the ingenuity of like humankind. If we put our thoughts, if we put our all our resources toward better development of the human humankind in, in general, then I think we have a way better like future ahead of us compared to what you currently see. 
so how would you say we can col- collectively move hum- humanity forward? Because now, you know, a, a lot of times that I see, especially with like technology, people are becoming more and more self-involved. You know, uh, they're becoming more, I guess I would say, I, I don't know if I want to say selfish, but you know, that's the word. And, and people are just, they're not really thinking about objectivity. People are looking at like, you know, subjective self and subjective happiness, which is okay, like nothing wrong with that. But like Elon Musk, for example, you know, when asked, why do you want to go to Mars? He says, when I look at humanity, it's, it's better to inhibit, you know, multi planets than just Earth, right? So that's objective thinking, objective for all of humanity. And now we have so much technology, like, it's it's crazy to think that internet is less than 40 years old right so like that's crazy so how would you how would you say like you know humanity can move forward together i think the first thing we gotta look at is just to buy into the idea that we are all in this like together like there is you you see there is a lot of in i think the main problem with it was a common thinking towards a betterment of humankind is probably politics and like yeah probably religion as well to a certain extent because the two most common deaths that happen are like due to either political rivalry war or like religious persecution in like countries around the world so i think people have to move forward thinking like we as a humankind i think knowledge is way better than like going in other direction uh the one thing you want to do is make sure like everybody has access to knowledge so that means like schools or universities and any acts any medium of education should be in a way free so that anybody can access once they're better educated they can they can themselves think about it they can realize that what is the important things in life compared yeah. to like object compared to being like let's say being selfish and thinking only about yourself because mm-hmm. if you if you want to increase or if you want to make sure that humankind lasts for like a, a long period of time everybody has to move forward together if you splinter as like it happens in olden time it's not going to work out yeah that's true and i agree and you know what that reminds like i came across this blog you were talking about you know conflict and wars and religion and um, this blog is called thinking with concepts and it's by dr daria i can't pronounce her last name but i, I think it's dr daria gritenko again i can't um yeah um so in this blog you know she states and i quote here i think the most pressing problems of today are sustainability transition intercultural conflicts so we talked about religion wars yeah and unbridled reliance on technology and automation, AI leading to individual de-skilling and societal depoliticization, new political tech giants and loss of social competence. Do you agree with that last part um, where she talks about, you know, we're, we're becoming way too uh, reliant on technology and automation and AI? What do you think about that? I think it's two way thinking about it. Like I see a lot of people, a lot of like scientists and like a lot of uh, known people in like political or like field, they're saying that AI is like the end of humanity. That if you AI goes in like existence as everything gets automated, 
a lot of people will be out of jobs. They will have nothing to do. But if you look on the other side is if you have AI, you can cure or you can, for example, right now, whatever is going on, maybe there is a chance that you can find a vaccine in a matter of like days or weeks. So yeah. it, it's like, it's almost like a trade-off of what do you want? Personally, I think AI will be better for humanity because it will allow humans to think in a way. Like you won't be doing like other other jobs that are like not required of, for example, an AI can do anything like delivery, like anything yeah. in a machining. I say in a machining setup, it can do everything inside. So your mind is now open to new ideas. New your ideas, mind is yeah. now free to think. And I think New that's developments, what, yeah. Yes, and that's yeah. I think what people in like seventeen hundreds, eighteen hundreds, even in like fifteen hundreds, sixteen hundreds, they they had that mind like a free mind, and that's when the concept came into existence. A lot of the concept that you see, like the like theory of gravity or relativity, every all of those ideas were when there was a concept of open thinking in universities and allowing you to do something regardless of what the outcome is right now what happens is you gotta get from point a to point b if you want to get a funding from let's say a government or a grant from university back then there was like okay you do this it will work it might not work but at least you will know what's gonna happen what's what's happening yeah so i think i think personally for me ai will be better for humankind it will let us probably leave this planet and be a multi-planet species which is probably one of the goals that we should have rather than just staying on earth and you can see like yeah. what's going on right now if we had another space or another area where we can all not all but where we can move like certain people then would have been much beneficial do you think we'll see mars um habitated in our lifetimes like we're still young but <laughs> yeah I, I had a really good feeling that if there was nothing on this COVID-19, we, I think my Tesla probably would have gone there probably by 2024. But I think yeah. with the current climate, I'm, I think maybe 10 years from now, like the best. Years. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with Dr. Daria when she talks about, you know, like, like exactly like you did. It's a yes and a no. It's a two-way thinking. Um, I don't think it's all a bad thing. Um, because it collectively benefits humanity. Like, like you said, you know, like for example, delivery or shelving or just stocking these little things. I noticed actually, you know what, there was a news article, how, um, they're using robots to sort medication that pharmacists used to do before in, in these like large corporations, you know, and these are things. And now, yes, there's uh, more unemployment as a result, but it also frees up a lot of time, a lot of human time, a lot of human effort, a lot of human power um, for another goal that could, you know, we could create something big. And yeah, it just doesn't keep us chained anymore. And I think, I think AI and internet, especially internet, it's here, I guess, more of a liberation than tying us down. I think I, I can get the idea why people don't want to get automated because a lot, lot of the low skill jobs, like people who are like right in the line between like poverty and like middle, middle class will be pushed either way, like yeah. downward on the trajectory. 
But I think then the governments need to come up with a plan instead of spending like trillions of dollars, for example, US on like military where you don't even need, like if you see right now, like all the money that they spend on military, if they had spent on a proper healthcare, all the stuff mm. that's going on wouldn't happen. They probably would have fraction of deaths, probably like fraction of cases. But I think the our priorities are different. Like government priorities, political priorities are different compared to what we can achieve. Like if we just open our mind to it. Yeah. And um, speaking of U.S. military, like if you look at their budget compared to NASA's budget, it's it's insane like we're spending or technically not us but the united states they're spending so much money in their military which i'm sure they have their reasons you know they have they've made a lot of enemies a lot of allies don't want to get in there but at that same time even half even half of that if if nasa had it you know i feel like we could take a giant leap we can take multiple leaps every year as humanity Oh yeah, um, for sure. Like I think there was a report out last year, or I, I don't know. I think maybe when Trump got elected during those years, that they want to cut the funding of NASA for some reason because they were saying that yeah. apparently NASA is getting too much. And one of my like favorite like scientists is like Neil deGrasse Tyson, and he went he went on the podcast of Joe Rogan and say like yeah, NASA yeah. probably gets 0.01 percent of the national budget. That is like nothing compared nothing, to what, yeah. what U.S. spends on like military. Like they spend trillions of dollars. They have like 13 or like 15 aircraft carriers and like the next guy down is like one. So it's it's <laughs> yeah. like almost like a, it is Overkill, a good Almost story. overpower, yeah. It's like a social program that they yeah. want to keep the jobs in defense. And that's why they are spending that much. But Instead of doing in defense, they should spend on like healthcare or education. If the education was free, like you will see a lot more innovation. You probably would see a lot more growth, a lot more prosperity, less yeah. like violence, like less. You will see like probably politicians like Trump or somebody getting elected very like slim chance if people are educated. But because of the system, that's what goes on. Yeah. That's interesting. And I know you, you like to talk about social sciences as well. So I'm going to ask this, um, but how would you say, how would you create an effective government? Like what would be the number one thing you said safety for people, healthcare, right? So how would you go about doing that? If you were, let's say if you were, you know, part, like if you were given an Island, yeah, make up your own rules, what would you do? I think the first thing you got to do is like uh, have education because for me, like I think education not only makes you a better person, but it, it, it broadens your mind to like different concepts. You're not stuck to whatever your thinking is. Either it's like uh, thinking from your life or either some like either religion thinking with way of thinking, whatever. But I think if you have first thing, you should have education free for all. Second thing yeah. is just like investing in, in healthcare, investing in like uh, in upbringing and uplifting of people. Like you, you get, like if you see all those Scandinavian countries like Norway, Sweden, they are probably the top. I think in the top ten of the happiest places, I think five are like yeah. Scandinavian countries. Because I think You're the right. lifestyle lifestyle there is like relaxed. People like to enjoy. Like people, work is not your life. Like work is yeah. part of your life. 
yes in in, in our north american culture work is your life work is your life yeah mm-hmm. for example for me like i go go to work at seven o'clock i come home at like six so yeah. like my day is over day is like, gone yeah Especially like if you if it's like winter time, then it's like you go when it's dark, oh. you come back when it's come dark, back when it's dark. You eat dinner, you sleep again. Same That's it. Thing. Repeat. Yeah. Depressing. So, yeah. So yeah. I think one of those th- like one of the thing I would do is like how like if you wanna have like a work culture that encapsulates uh, like better like time off, like you can have like three day week or four day week. I think in Sweden they are trying four day week. And seeing like yeah. how it works, and I think it it increased the productivity. Like I think they were saying like ten to fifteen percent more productive because now wow. you ha- you are working, but then you have like three days. You're not wasting time either. Yeah. Yes, because now people like yeah. relax. Like it's not like okay Saturday Sunday, but as soon as Saturday goes and Sunday comes, like today, it's, it's like, like it's to like work. yeah, you got to to work tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah. No, I get so, that and. You know, I, I was um, in school. We watched uh, Michael Moore. I don't know if you know who that is. Michael yeah. Moore. Yeah. We watched his uh, documentary and I, I can't remember which country it was, but I think it was one of the five that you mentioned, maybe Norway. Um, they have one of the highest taxes that, you know, like their citizens pay. And, you know, when interviewing these people, they're like, yeah, we don't mind paying taxes. We, we love paying taxes. Sure. 15%. Sure. 20%. Sure. Why? Because they take care of us. Like yeah. even McDonald's is all unionized, you know, like even yeah. there, when you go there, everything's union. They take care of their people. Their quality of life is incredible. Um, yeah. You don't see that much. Like everything is just so structured. And then we look at, if we look at even some of the European countries where um, they have better like maternity laws, you yeah. know, um, you're allowed to take, I think a collective between husband and wife i think don't quote me on this it's 18 months or 24 months um, yeah even like normal normal vacation days like for example yeah. here we have like two weeks whereas in like france we are like four weeks five weeks like in wow. england like four weeks like if you go to the scandinavians like six weeks holiday a year and wow. here like we have like two weeks which two is weeks. like nothing <laughs> yeah so i i think as you said right i think people like i wouldn't mind paying more tax if i know that the government is going to spend the money on the things that we need if the government is going to spend money on like things that are like for example military or things that you don't need it's going to be like why i'm paying this for who right yeah even here for example like we have we have like for example like dentist right dentistry is not covered under ohip or certain medications are not You're right. covered under ohip but if you think about it you pay so much tax and still you don't have certain services so it makes you think like why am i paying this tax Dang, like, you know. like, <laughs> that's true yeah um wow that's a lot uh, that's <laughs> for sure um Wow, man, I had, I had like two more questions, but like you answered all of them. <laughs> and then I had two more questions in my head and then like you answered that too. So now I'm just, uh, yeah. But you know what? Do you think we need military? We've been spending, we spend money on military and you know, some, yeah. can argue, some will argue that, yes, we need military. We should support our military. But again, just talking objectively, okay, in terms of humanity, we're all in this together. Do we really need military? Really? I think 
I think this I think that this virus has pretty much changed the lifestyle as you know it for like generations to come. Like anything yeah. that was like normal is not normal anymore. And if you look if you look right now, everyone is like we are all in this together. Everyone is putting all the governments are putting their efforts securing like the vaccine research or mm-hmm. like getting medication, helping each other out. And you think and you think that if this virus was not there and they would just do this instead of like fighting over an oil well in Saudi or an oil well in Iraq, what could humanity achieve together? For me, I think military, this notion of like uh, countries against each other, it's almost like a paranoia. Like it, I think it's almost like how Asian humans were, where they see another tribe and they're like, okay, this tribe is going to attack me, so I better prepare like weapons and just keep it in case they attack me. And the other tribe is thinking the same thing. So it's just almost like everybody is paranoid about each other and they just want to build up their military, but nobody's going to attack because they know what the consequence could be. Like, especially yeah. now, you know, like any country, let's say, attacks, let's say U.S. attacks China because of all this. There'll be a nuclear war and there'll be just end of civilization. You know? No one wants to go down that road. Yeah. So yeah. if you think about it, then why you want to spend that money? Like you can spend it to like a certain extent, keep it and then just use other sources of that money to flow down to like health or like education, like anything else, like bringing people out of poverty as well. Well, you're right. And you know what? If you like really think about collectively how much every single nation spends on their military alone, um, if you just convert that into, you know, getting rid of poverty, getting rid of hunger, uh, getting rid of vaccine preventable diseases, yeah. uh, infant, in, like, you know, vaccine preventable death in, in um, infancy, you know, people still die of chickenpox and malaria. Yeah. And like, it's, a, it's still a thing. And like what seriously yeah it, it it's crazy but we can prevent this we can save lives but like the other thing i don't understand is like uh i see every year probably like since 2010 or maybe like late 2000 every year they have these concerts for like uh, helping like african countries for like diseases like hunger this that but still nobody has cured it like nobody has brought out any african country out of like actual poverty like you have some cases like let's say for nigeria where like there's a lot of entrepreneurship going on right now but the world spends so much money like billionaires spend so much money but nobody seems to like actually get get rid of poverty in africa or like any other part of country always makes you think like what's actually going on like are we actually are they actually helping there or is it just like saying okay we have committed to but we don't know how the ground ground level is gonna work out yeah do you think a lot of it is political like political resistance too i think so because i think the one thing i hate and i have said that many times to like when we have conversations with my friends is like i hate when politicians are all lawyers if you think about it i think Every every country has probably like seventy to eighty percent elected parliamentarians as lawyers, and mm-hmm. law law is not a profession where who is what is truth. A law is a profession where you argue for the truth or not. 
So yeah. a lawyer can argue as crazy as he wants to get make you believe the truth that he believes in. And yeah. I think that's what goes on in our political system. Like you won't see any scientist or any engineer or any any other profession, any doctor. There are some doctors, but you won't see those uh, faces as like prominent faces in like the respective countries. You always see like some lawyer is now like a huge a senator or a, like a prime minister and like mm-hmm. making decision. So I think that's what needs to be changed. Like you need to have like a quota, for example, let's say like 50% has to be from a STEM field, like any parliament. I think that will bring out more like uh, more benefit to the gender population. Yeah. Wow. And um, I think, I think ch- um, the Chinese government, there are some uh, officials who have, scientific background um i think recently somebody was arrested because they they had a public health background and they were really revealing information on the internet and they were arrested for corruption charges yeah we all know what that means yeah so (laughs) uh, there are people uh, in some countries and you see like the chinese economy they do well because of it like in comparison yeah um there are a lot of there are a lot of um scientists in their government Another thing I, I remembered, Doug Ford, if you remember not too long ago when he, maybe just like a year ago, he made, he made the switch from classroom-based learning to like online-based yeah. learning. Not completely, but, you know, just yeah. introducing the online. And all the teachers and everyone was so pissed. Like a lot of the students were pissed too. Oh, yeah. Like, hey. We so, had like strikes for like a month. Or like right. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, what do they have to say about it now? I mean, there's no choice. And this is, I think, you know, people didn't really think about it. Really, people did not think about it. But internet has provided us the, provided us the opportunity to even have one-on-one, like, you know, you could, like, you could be my teacher and I could be learning right now, you know? Yeah. This I is think, the opportunity. I think this COVID pretty much changed that because I, I know, like, if, if there was no virus, there would still be protests going on that they don't yeah. want to be learning. But hmm. I think this forced Doug Ford and the government into e-learning. And I think if they are successful, like I don't know if they are or not, then yeah. I think that changed the education system for, for forever. Like I think a lot so too. of people, a lot of students would pretty much like better like stay at home and study than like go to classroom, which is like easier yeah. way to study, like staying at home. Yeah. And it's, it's about innovation as well, right? Like as soon as we start doing this e-learning thing, we're going to start, that's like one more step towards AI and automate. Like Facebook has done a great job at AI and automation, Google, Amazon, like this is just one step, I think in the right direction for the objective cause, you know, for humanity. And I think it's good. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be like in overall, I think it will be beneficial if you have e-learning. I, I, I know certain people still uh, want to have like that one-on-one conversation, like that classroom. Yeah. But I think change is always hard, right? People don't like to change. When, when the change is forced upon you, then like mm. you have either accept or you, you don't. It's like you don't, like, yeah. almost like evolution, right? So yeah. I think this way, I, you can say like education has evolved, probably in e-learning from from now onwards. Yeah. Wow. Um, 
this was a great conversation, Harry. I, I actually <laughs> genuinely, <laughs> do you yeah. have something to add before, you know, because I know you're short on time. You have to go soon, almost. Six no, months. no, like we can, oh. for sure, we can do any other time. Too. Like, okay, uh, sure. Like, yeah. A lot of topics. But yeah, in general, I think like uh, it would be better like if a lot of our, poli- our politicians and all the other like uh, governments here, like scientific perspective, because as you see, like science basically will tell you whether how the human humanity is going to face out in future. Like if you try to ignore scientific facts or for example, I still know people who uh, don't believe in global warming. I don't know why. Yeah. I still know people. I have studied with people in my masters that still believe in the creation uh, mythology. Like okay. the earth was created in like 7,000 years. Wow. which makes and like dinosaur bones are kept there and it's not actually real it's, so wow. I, I, I have a long conversation <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah a new, like a podcast new podcast. new podcast oh for sure yeah. we can definitely make uh, multiple episodes yeah, on this because it's it's almost like you have lo- like you have different opinions but fact is fact you like either i believe sure. it or i try to ignore it fact is a fact so I think sure. education betterment would be beneficial for like humanity and how we progress forward out of this mess which we are in right now. Yeah, yeah. Wow, uh, I agree. Well, it was uh, really good talking to you, Harry. Yeah, you too. Um, we'll definitely, you gave me a lot of interesting ideas, by the way. I just want to mention, yeah. you gave me a lot of interesting ideas and talking points to talk about. So next time, definitely let's touch up on that. No um, I yeah man it was uh, it was good talking to you yeah. <laughs> interesting conversation <laughs> absolutely yeah <laughs> i don't think we've we've never spoken before yeah i know actually i think we've, i think walter has spoken to you i know i walter, walter has he tried to explaining some things to me <laughs> i didn't understand but yeah usually we've just emailed back and forth um yeah. to be honest you know aerospace is not my background at all okay so oh yeah i heard i think you went to uit your first podcast i was listening to it i did oh yes so i i went to uit i did health sciences okay so really aerospace like i have nothing to do with aerospace but i i actually started out at southwest in the lab okay um, because i had some lab experience from school and you know i started kind of learning a lot about aerospace what we do I came to the planning team, started understanding the business, which is what yeah. I wanted to do, like understand the overall yeah. picture. So it's good. Um, but yeah. I think I think you you are probably at the at the level like similar as us. Like you do processing and we do machining. So yeah. I think this is the ground level to yeah. like if you wanna move, like I see a lot of I think one of the things I see is a lot of university students, especially like engineering, aerospace, mechanical, they want to go straight into like bigger companies. But mm. for me, I think I prefer to learn at the ground level. Oh yeah, and I think sure. that gives you more perspective of what the industry is about. If you rather than you just sit on a desk and like design or do something. That's it. To, you know what? To, I agree with that 100% because in a big company, you're not really going to learn as much. No one's going to, no one's going to have time to teach you in depth you know, everyone's busy. Um, and that's something that I learned here at this company in the lab. I was mainly like focused in the lab. I was not like, I did not understand the bigger picture, even though I was working there for a year. Um, 
as soon as I switched to the planning team, it's like all of a sudden you start like, you know, understanding the whole business. And I think that that definitely has something to do with Julie, my boss, you know, um, yeah. she's, she facilitated my learning. Like she made me understand how the whole process works. Um, and those kinds of boss, I would say are very like rare to find, especially in oh, like, yeah. bigger companies, mentors. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm really happy with like the choices I made in terms of yeah. going with a small. I think, yeah. I think, I think for me, even for me, like I, I started out as a, as a receiving quality inspector and probably yeah. like, I, I still think about it and I give advice to the people who are there still, uh, that whatever job you're doing right now, don't think like this is like the end of the world for you. Yeah. I know whatever degree you have, you have like, you have good grades, you have like the best GPA, this, that. Yeah. This experience will transform you into a better professional because my, like I used to have a really good boss. I still have a good boss in my engineering, Salman, but I used <laughs> to have a really good boss in quality uh, called Mark. And he, yeah. what he once told me is uh, like, whatever you're learning right now, make sure you take it in because nobody will teach you this as you, if you go to a bigger company, because over there you will have one defined task and that's it. Or, that's it. or whatever your task is day to day. Yeah. Working on companies at this level, you can, you can learn anything. And that's what I really enjoy at this company that you can, I can learn engineering. I can learn quality. I can learn like purchasing, planning, anything I want to learn. But I think that's what my advice is to like people who like get hired or who are young that, that always start from bottom up. Don't, don't think like if you, if you have a certain degree from a certain institution that you have to have like a nice job with like a nice yeah. pay. Pay is like, don't think about it when you start your career. Like after two, three years, yeah, you can say like, okay, I need to do this. But yeah. take as much knowledge as you can and get a good mentor. I think that's the best thing. Like if you yeah. have a good mentor as a starting point in your professional career, I think it will help you a lot like later in, in your life. Yeah. Do, do you think it's better to work for free um, for a year than work with like, you know, get paid, but not really enjoy what you do or not really um, what you, you know, what you want to learn. Like if you, if you work for free, but you're learning exactly what you want to learn and that will take you to the next level. Do you think it's worth the sacrifice of, you know, monetary value, money? I think I would, like one of my, so for me, like I graduated in 2014, I, I didn't get a job for like about eight months. And I was thinking like, you know, it was coming to a point like, okay, like I'm not getting a job. I have a master's degree. Like, yeah. and I was thinking actually working for free, but luckily I got a call from like, back then it was Noranko as a quality inspector. Yeah. And even working like, like for a few months over there, I realized like, am I actually working or is it just like, I'm, I'm kind of lost, right? Like you don't know, yeah. like you, you are doing something which nobody at school has ever taught you. Like nobody right. at yeah. school will tell you, here's the one, here's a micrometer, use it to measure something. Yeah. At school, yes, like, okay, here's the differential equation, solve it. And solve get a, it, yeah. get, get, go on a MATLAB and plot it, whatever, right? So yeah, I yeah. think, I think that one year experience really like transform, I would say transform my like professional career. Wow. Well, uh, shout out to Mark Hirsch then. Yeah. 
uh, <laughs> that's that's him, right? You were talking about this. No, we were talking it was, about the... it was Mark Kirby, but Mark Hirsch was there too. Like he, he okay, yeah, he's okay. he's really uh, knowledgeable. Like he used to Mark Hirsch, like as you know, he yeah. has been like a quality manager. So there's you can learn a lot from him too, which I did. Interesting. So it's yeah. it's, a, it's a really good team. Wow. Um, well, I'm g- glad to hear that. And yeah. you know what? It was uh, really nice talking to you. It's um, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm gonna let you go for now, but definitely let's make let's make more podcasts. I think we can definitely yeah. talk about more things. Oh yeah, yeah. I have um, topics to talk about. I think the awesome. next topic is probably like why dinosaur bones are not kept. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> that's i'm we're going to talk about that for sure <laughs> all right um harry again nice talking to you uh, if you have anything to say feel free yeah uh probably next week like weekends now we are in quarantine i have nothing to do except like that's read it. or just <laughs> sure sure okay all right, all right. thank um, you harry podcast absolutely not uh, any time and uh, yeah i'll speak to you soon probably tomorrow at work Okay. Hey everyone, thank you to all who have listened to this episode till the end. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Harry Patel. We had a great time talking and have opened doors to many possible podcast episodes. So if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. And well, if you didn't like this episode still, please leave a review so I can become better. Um, At the end of the day, this is a craft, and the only way I can get better is by reviews and feedback, so please, that's very important. Until next time, peace.